You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Uh, Week one, full of stories, crazy games is in the books as we record here on Tuesday the 12th. Um, I mean, the biggest understatement I think I can make right now is the big story was uh, last night's game. Uh, The Jets and the Bills, it was 9-11, it was New York City. It was electric before the game. There were so many emotions. Uh, it was just almost picturesque as, as as Aaron Rodgers was, I think, the last starter announced carrying a flag into the stadium. I, I couldn't, ima- couldn't imagine what it was like being in there. And then you all saw it or you've read about it by now. Four plays into his tenure one pass thrown incomplete Aaron Rodgers season is over. I mean, just the absolute, I mean, you talk about just all the, the hype and the, the pomp, the circumstance, the, you know, Vinny Testaverde's there, you know, and, and just the similarities with, with him and his first game popping his Achilles. It was just so surreal and Alex, I don't, I mean, did you, were you watching live? Did you see the play? I mean, what, what were your thoughts as this all unfolded? Yeah, I watched the game just like uh, everyone else, but uh, Lou, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, the Jets have been waiting for a quarterback for the longest time. Here they get their guy. They're excited about it. He seems pumped about it. He seems genuine about it. You know, he's glowing, he's he's energized that city, he's gotten that the second life, almost like Tom Brady, when he moved on to the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you're feeling that the Jets can can do some very special things, right? This year, all of a sudden, he's not gonna get that chance. And we don't know if he's if this is it, if this is the end of Aaron Rodgers' career, because He's not a 25-year-old man. He's 39 years old. Uh, the one thing that surprised me, Lou, that the Jets won the game, okay? I mean, that shocked me. And the Jets' defense is going to continue. They carried the day against the Bills, and they'll continue to carry the day the, the entire season. Um, you know, can Zach Wilson do something more than what we've seen the last couple of years from him? I'm not sure. I mean, they definitely, um, they definitely like dialed down the, the game plan. It was fairly obvious that yeah, they were they, trying they to stayed in play thir- it safe. Yeah, they, they stayed in 13 personnel most of the time Wilson was in there. I mean, and the three fact, tight ends blocking their asses off, yeah. And the fact that Zach Wilson just holds on to the ball, you know, for just – uh, that split second, he's not sure if he wants to go to that receiver or that tight end. That hurts. I mean, it, it's a timing offense. Get rid of the ball. If you see it, just try to hit the open receiver because there are a lot of guys open on the field, and he just doesn't see it. The game is still too big for him. I hope with Aaron Rodgers being on the sideline, he's going to be able to you know, coach him up. He's going to 
give him all the support needed. I hope we'll see a different Zach Wilson this season. But um, I was glad to see Brees Hall, you know, running wild. He only got like 10 carries, but he went over 100 yards. The incredible catch by Mr. You know, Ohio State Buckeye, Garrett Wilson. Uh, that was that was an amazing catch out there. So I'm I'm hoping Zach Wilson isn't gonna screw this up because the defense is great, the running game is there, the play calling will be there. All he has to do is just trust himself a little bit more. Don't take the the unnecessary risks. Don't take the bad throws. Don't force the ball. Just take the open guy. I, I, there are some windows open in this offense. It's a Kyle Shanahan offense. I realize that, you know, they can get guys open. If Zach Wilson trusts himself, I hope he's going to have a good year. But this is just, this is an ugly way to start the season. But I'm still surprised that the Jets were able to pull it off in overtime. Well, yeah, the fact they didn't completely unravel when they see, like, this supposed savior. I mean, the guy that's been hanging out with them, you know, on and off the field, the guy that's not just, you you mentioned re-energize the city, re-energize the franchise. He re-energized himself. He would, I mean, he just looked so happy, so at ease that this was just, I don't know if it was going to work statistically and he was going to have his best year but i think just for the team to have that confidence in a guy that just looks so positive and coaches them up you know from the quarterback position not just the the coaching staff so i think to that point i think it's it's horrible for aaron for sure obvious for obvious reasons horrible for the jets but i think the worst for Zach Wilson, because he was going to get a huge advantage of watching Aaron for an entire, at least one entire season. And you know, I, I'm sure he got a huge boost from being with him during the offseason program, during training camp. And you could see, you know, I think his comfort level. And then it was, I think, maybe the shock of it so early in the game to have to go in where he probably didn't get any snaps during during the week leading up, maybe a few here and there. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he was able to take some of those cues from Aaron. Um, I think on the pass to Garrett Wilson that you're talking about, uh, Garrett Wilson just made a superhuman play. That was like DeAndre Hopkins all over again to me. I mean, he kind of blocks it away from the defender, kind of juggles, you know, himself, and then it catches it on the ground. I mean, he's he's going against Tredavious White, too. I mean, he's not like against some, you know, some undrafted rookie out there. He's on one of the best corners, you know, one of the best corners in the league is right there with them. So, uh, but it just was reminiscent of, you know, play in uh in the preseason where zach threw a better ball and it looked a lot like you know aaron to the other number 17 you know that he had in green bay for so many years in Devontae adams but uh, all in all they you know the defense played great but you have to also i don't what josh allen man <laughs> For all the, you know, the highlight plays, we've seen like, you know, kind of Mahomes go through this, you know, a couple of years ago where, you know, defenses really started playing off and he was still insistent on just chucking it down the field. He takes so many unwarranted chances that 
you know, four more turnovers. I mean, you see, you know, it was great to see the Jets come and win that game and everything. You know, the the punt return, the guy, the kid from Hard Knocks, Xavier Gibson, that was looked like he was going to get cut, but then he makes the team and Salah tell him you're going to get maybe you're going to get one tonight, and he did. It's just amazing. But all that said, the Bills should have never lost this damn game. If Josh Allen just you know takes what the defense was giving him, you know, hand it off every now and again, you'd think they win the game pretty easily. But and this just keeps happening over and over again. And it seemed like when Dable was there, he kind of you know he had I don't know if it was it was Dable in his ear or he was able to kind of you know rein Josh in a little bit. Dorsey hasn't found that yet. And certainly McDermott is, I mean, obviously his attention is on the defense now, calling the plays for the defense, being the head coach. So it's up to Ken Dorsey to kind of get this thing straight. But that's the concerning thing to me is just Josh Allen is like a turnover machine. And it's just some really bad ones. You know, Jerome Whitehead, God bless him. He had three interceptions, all three, right, that Allen threw. But one was a really it was a pretty decent play. The other two is like, hey, you just you just catch the ball. You're out there. It's like he ran the route. He was throwing it to him. That's I mean, that really concerned me. But, you know, all kudos to the Jets, what they did. Last thing on Rodgers. And I don't know if this is a precursor, but typically you see this, you know, sometimes and I'm not a doctor, but just in my experience with guys at Achilles, he had that, I think it was like the first week in the spring, the calf strain. I don't, I don't know if it was the same leg. Uh, so this may not, you know, maybe even mean anything. But you see that happen where the guy gets the calf strain and maybe, and again, it was plenty of time in between. I'm not saying it was, a, but you typically, that's kind of like the next step. So, you know, I know he just got paid. He's the he's the biggest, you know, biggest contract in the league now, Joe Burrow. But he had that issue with the calf strain early on. He struggled opening weekend. Not that I would ever predict somebody getting getting injured, but I just I'm a little concerned now for Burrow because, again, you know, you can say rust, whatever, but I. I think maybe he's still favoring that leg, but uh, yeah, great, great game, great finish, but just circumstances were just ridiculous, just awful. I mean, I couldn't imagine if I was a Jets fan, I would have just turned the TV off and maybe went for a run or something and missed, you know, one of their better games of the season. But yeah, it was pretty, pretty wild. I don't know. Week one, what was there any, what, what stood out? I mean, we'll talk about like some top performances and bottom performances, but uh, let's get your first one, Alex. Well, let's stay, start with the bad uh, and let's continue on that theme. Um, you mentioned it already that Josh Allen didn't play well during the Monday night game. And to me, it just looked very similar to last year. And you mentioned it. You, you hit it right on the head. It comes down to the turnovers. He can make the plays, and his numbers look good in terms of his like completion percentage, right? He completed a lot of passes, but turnovers hurt the team, and they hurt the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. You can't turn the ball over. He had four turnovers, three picks, and a fumble, right? He was sacked three times. O-line struggled. So I would say the bad, I mean, the losers in this are the Buffalo Bills, Uh just they look the offense looks disorganized they look messy 
They're turning the ball over. They can't protect Josh Allen. He's taking those unnecessary risks. He's got to fix this, man, because he is he turns the ball over quite a bit. He has done it quite a bit over the last couple of years. And if that doesn't stop, I mean, I don't know. That That's going to be a huge problem, and the Bills are going to disappoint. Don't want to overreact. It's week one. They played well defensively, but they have to fix it on the offensive side. And Josh Allen has got to take care of the ball. Okay, so it is our job to overreact. <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, we, you know, the famous line is week one is a liar. Okay, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, supposedly the best three teams in the AFC, they all lost. None of them really look good doing it. Cincinnati may be the worst, but I, you know, weather, you know, the matchup against the Browns is always a tough one. Okay, you can say that, you know, the Bills with the turnovers, the Chiefs guys dropping balls all over the place and just very inexcusable stuff for all three of those teams. I still believe all three of those teams are going to make the playoffs. One of them will probably be the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, so that, that, that being said, S O guys used to say, or there's an old saying, and maybe I'm dating myself S O S D D same old shit, different day. Allen was one, the chargers two. What the hell? I mean, I all again, all credit to Tua. Tyreek is just on another planet. That dude's, and they continue to play him man to man with the Chargers. I, I don't understand. Uh, but these games get in the fourth quarter, and something always happens, and they screw it up. And it just seems to be year after year. Okay, well, we changed the offensive coordinator. The offense is going to be like 10 times. Well, it didn't need to be 10 times better. And again, I don't I don't know that I saw a lot different, maybe some more downfield throws. But, you know, the, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Staley and that is supposedly his side of the ball and he can't get it straight, you know. Bosa, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, all these guys, J.C. Jackson, you know, big, big time free agent makes just the a bonehead play at the end of the first half, basically giving the Dolphins three points. Uh, I, Chargers, I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, all the talent in the world and they just they can't get out of their own way in some cases. I agree with you, and I picked them to win the AFC West, by the way. So, I mean, they've. It was a it was a shootout against the Miami Dolphins. They came out on the losing end. And they have so many good players on the defensive side of the ball, but there's no cohesion cohesion there. So that that's a problem. Let's stick with the bad, Lou, since we started on this theme. <laughs> you Let, like let's the dark continue. side. Come I on. do, I do. But then You're I'll all I'll come about over. The dark side. Let's I'll, go. I'll come over. I'll come over to the good let's side. Let's go. After all that. right. I, I've got to say the Bengals, man. I mean Joe Burrow got the extension. I realized that he missed a lot of time during the preseason. He wasn't in sync with his offensive team. So I'm not going to put it all on Burrow. But the offense just, they were atrocious. Say what you want about the weather. But I thought Jim Schwartz had the Bengals number. He dialed it up. I mean, they forced pressure, especially in the first half. They moved Miles Garrett around. Their secondary played extremely well against a very talented receiving core. So I'm going to say the Bengals' offense in general, Joe Burrow, 
those receivers, they really laid an egg. Again, the the weather conditions weren't great. I realize that, but you gotta you gotta score more than just what three points on you know on the night. It's just it's inexcusable, okay, for a team that's also favored, that's also supposed to be one of the better teams, one of the top teams in the AFC. They just came out, talked a lot of, you know, unnecessary stuff before the game. Jamar Chase basically offended the Browns. They took it to them and stuck it to them and won the game. It wasn't pretty, but the Bengals got to fix it. They got to get on the same page. Hopefully it will, it will happen in week two, but they came out flat and it's also inexcusable. Well, Bur- I mean, yeah, I mean, Burrow's now one in five against the Browns. I mean, just it's just sometimes there, there are bad matchups um, and it was an ugly game and it was terrible weather. He throws for less than 100 yards. T. Higgins didn't have a catch. I mean, think about that for a second. Didn't have a catch. Played the whole game. He wasn't like injured or anything. He was targeted a few times. Zero. Speaking of zero, how about the freaking Giants? I mean, <laughs> what the hell was that? I mean, as good as the, I mean, if you look at the positive side of thing, I mean, I have the Dallas D down as this, but as good as they were, the Giants just looked like they weren't ready for anything. I mean, they were just completely out of sorts from the beginning of the game, you know, the, the field goal gets blocked and I, that was it. I mean, that, that was like ball game right there. Pick six, you know, next whatever. And it just snowballed. That arguably was one of the, I mean, Sunday night football, that had to be one of their worst games because it was over in the first quarter. And those guys, Collinsworth and Tarico were just filling the rest of the game. They had they they couldn't do anything. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. Uh, they couldn't cover. They couldn't stop the run. Nothing. I don't know that they can take anything positive away from that game. And it was just ugly. And I I, I no words. No other words. That that was gross. So I mean I'm a little concerned moving forward because you know if the offensive line can't play, Daniel Jones has no chance. I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah, the Giants need to be better on the offensive side of the ball, and especially on the offensive line. I thought it was fixed. I, I thought that the right side is going to play much better. Just want to remind our listeners, I picked the Giants to win the NFC East division. It certainly wasn't a good showing during week one action. Evan Neal looks like a bust. I mean, he's. I think he's going to join the ranks of Leatherwood pretty soon. It was, you know, let go by the Raiders and I think was cut again um, at the end of this, you know, training camp. I'm, I'm not sure if he's caught on with any NFL team. So the Alabama offensive linemen are, are not cutting it in the NFL recently. So, uh, yeah, the Giants got to, gotta, you know, got to be much better. You have to be able to run the ball, protect Daniel Jones for that play action pass to work and for him to to hit some of those you know safe throws up the middle to Darren Waller. By the way, an interesting nugget, the road team won 10 of the last 15 games played before that Monday night game. That's third most ever on opening weekend. So road teams dominated during week one action. 
All right, Lou, I'm sticking with the Oh, yes, I I picked a lot of home teams, Alex. Yes, I understand. I know, I know you did. I know you did. I remember you did. That's your point. That's that's my thing, man. That's my thing. It wasn't a good weekend. It wasn't a good weekend for you, but you'll bounce back. I'm sorry, Lou. Uh, I have to mention Kadarius Toney. I mean, somebody has to mention him. Um, I thought the wide receivers for the Chiefs were underwhelming and I'm being kind here with I realized that Travis Kelsey wasn't there I realized that they had to do you know they had to get open a lot more they didn't have the star tight end but Kadarius Tony had three drops man I mean they were just like I mean I could three catch bad the ball drops bad really drops. bad drops Lou I can catch the ball from Patrick Mahomes I'm so open. I would have caught two of those three passes. I'm I'm almost certain of it. All right, and it was just it was so heartbreaking to watch. I just there there's a lot of Chiefs fans, including you, that believe in Kadarius Tony because he helped you win a Super Bowl. He did some good things during that final game, but I just. I'm over it. I, I don't think a Darius Tony will ever turn into a consistent wide receiver. And I'm not even talking about a number one. I'm talking about hacking it in this league and making it. You know, just the the passes were thrown right to him. And it just loses concentration. I don't know where he's at right there. So it was just really disappointing for the Chiefs offense, for Andy Reid, for Patrick Mahomes that... The wide receivers were just not catching balls. So hopefully this week they're in practice. You know, they've got those, you know, jogging machines. And I'm hoping that they're, you know, putting in some extra time after practice. Because if they'll continue to do this, I don't I don't think they have a shot, you know, to, to win this game this weekend without Travis Kelsey if they continue to play this bad. Well, he's never been a guy that dropped passes. Now, he missed like the entirety of camp. I mean, I don't want to make excuses. He still has got to make come up with those balls. But and I think Reed probably, you know, hit it on the head is they put him in a bunch of primary situations where I don't know that he was quite ready for that part just yet. Uh, MVS looked like he was on the top of his game and they really, you know, they didn't go to him as much as I thought they would, where I think he's really starting to pick himself up and make some big plays. And he did, you know, he had one huge one over the middle on a third and long. Uh, but anyway, that's, uh, that's chief's talk. And we'll, we'll say that for another time, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. All those guys got to step up and they've got seven of them. I think they're trying to figure out which ones are going to be the ones they want to, uh, I guess, go with consistently. I'd like to see a little bit more Justin Ross. I'd like to see a little bit more Rasheed Rice. But again, they're rookies, so I think Reed tends to, you know, side with a veteran. So we'll see how that evolves. Last one on the bottom three. Speaking of SOSDD, the Bears and going against the Packers and. It just another one of these games where it just let the Packers just come in and they do what they do. And here's the next quarterback up. I don't know what Jordan Love is going to be, but that day he did enough and he looked a hell of a lot better than Justin Fields did. So Fields, I think, is a much better athlete. I'm sure the potential is much greater, but I don't know. 
I, I, it just seemed like the Bears were the Bears again. No real fire. Uh, Chase Claypool looks like he's just, I don't know if he's just mentally checked out or what's going on with him. Not that they're expecting huge things, but you'd like to see a little bit better effort. Um, but yeah, for all those expectations, all and again, it was a lot of hype more than anything else. Like field fields for MVP, the Bears are going to win the division, you know, all this stuff, and it's just like wow. So again, week one is a liar. Um, in this case, I guess Bears fans hope that's true, but I don't know. I mean, it's going to take a lot, and you know, DJ. Moore was almost invisible, uh, you know, all this in the preseason. Oh, gosh, you know, he he makes this huge play, catches a, you know, a, a zero yard pass and takes it to the house in a preseason game against backup defenders. So come on, let's let you got to be better, Bears. Let's go. Yeah. Now that's... All right, Alex, I'll give you the I'll give you first crack at being the, the, uh, the uh, positive guy. All right. I'll go with the Dolphins. All right. Just uh, in general, they they came out on the winning side in that shootout against the L.A. Chargers. I'll put Tua and Tyreek Hill in there, just in general. That offense was was amazing. So if you want to overreact, then Tua is for MVP here. Lou, I'm going to eat my words, and I'm going to say Tua is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. But slow down here. It's week one, all right? Tua still has to play a full 17-week season. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that. But in that offense, the timing was right, and he was hitting Tyree Kill, who was who seemed to be open on every play. He had that game-winning touchdown, four-yard touchdown grab. He capped off what? What two- a pass! What a pass that was by Tua, though. I mean, you talk about dropping it in the bucket. The defender was draped on him, and it just—I mean, it just, was just perfect. I don't know. That, I mean, again, there's no defense for the perfect pass, and that was just. That was beautiful. It was. It was. And Tyreek Hill looks like if he's going to have a couple of more efforts like this, then he can go over 2,000 yards on the season if he stays healthy. 215 really? yards. Tua over 400 yards. You know what? Four touchdowns. So I got to give it up to that offense, to Mike McDaniel, Tua, and Tyreek Hill. They executed it to perfection. And this is, you know, that's what that offense is supposed to be. And the Dolphins are showing it. They're, they're going to be deadly. But again, I want to do it with an asterisk. Tua has to stay healthy for the entire well, season. Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to happen. It's just that that's not who he is. But when he's out there, they win games and he plays well. So we'll see if they can keep it up. Tyreek wishes he could play against the Chargers every week. Uh, <laughs> he put up just ridiculous numbers while he was a chief against the Chargers. He's continuing to do it as, as a Dolphin. Somehow they've played there in the last two years, and it's the same thing. And I I don't get it. Uh, they somehow feel like they can single him up. And I get it. You know, you got Waddle. You know, you don't have a lot of wiggle room there in your defense but it wasn't like they were up you know really it's tough to do i i I would assume because he is so quick on top of being so fast but you got to get hands on him you gotta you gotta slow him down somehow and wow yeah i mean he predicted 2000 for himself this year and he's off to a great start um the 49ers look super bowl ready uh, either that or the Steelers are a hell of a lot worse than I expected. 
we talked about TJ Watt. I mean, he got his three sacks, but it was so inconsequential, you know, as far as the result of the game. Uh, Purdy was on point. The running game was on point. Uh, Ayuk stood up. Debo made some plays. I mean, it's just what what you expect. And they're just they just look like they could. The Super Bowl was this week. I mean, they would be ready to rock and roll at their best. So hopefully they can continue this, uh, stay healthy, the whole thing. But that Niners performance was pretty stellar across the board. Offense, defense, special teams, the individual. I mean, just everything about it. They just look like they're ready for, for action. Whatever. who put a, Whoever you want in front of us, we're going to eat. I don't want a team to be peaking in week one. No. I really don't. No. And that's what well, it seems like not. the 49ers are doing, right? But I want to praise the defense. You know, you mentioned the offensive side of the ball, and Purdy looks like a franchise quarterback in that offense. McCaffrey, you know, he had that 65-yard run where he, you know, did that spin move, bounced off a tackle, just took it, you know, down the field for the for the long the time. downfield blocking by the receivers yeah that was that was great that was that was amazing Ayuk, yeah. you know he was yeah so that was that just a just I, I don't know i mean watching that team play it's it's uh it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch it's just the, the effort the talent everything but i want to praise that defense because it wasn't sure. it wasn't nick bosa i mean fred warner was flying around you know like Jackson had three sacks, the the kid from USC. It's just, you know, it was it was some other guys picking up the slack and the defense looking like the old self. And, I mean, they just dominated. I mean, it was a dominant performance, and the Steelers didn't know what hit them. So um, the Steelers' defense is good, but the offense is, is lagging behind for, for Pittsburgh. Uh, I got to give it up to my 49ers, but I just, you know, I want to tone it down a little bit, say that it's week one, and, you know, I'm hoping that we're not peaking right now. I'm going to stick with that theme, Lou. I'm going to stick with the NFC West and give the team credit that I thought was over the hill, and it's the Los Angeles Rams. I thought McVay was looking to move on after the season become a commentator you know a play-by-play guy he's going to be up there in the booth you know what without cooper cup the rams had one of the bigger upsets on sunday they beat your seattle seahawks and the reason why i say your seattle seahawks is because you're a believer in them this year so G- i am yeah, yeah geno smith was just ordinary like we expected but the the rams held on to the ball for nearly like 40 minutes they ran the ball 40 times. There was balance. It wasn't just Matthew Stafford throwing the ball all over the yard. And so it's McVay's patience and just balance on offense and controlling the clock. And they just, again, another dominating performance by the team that I thought was just too old to do anything this season. I thought they were going to win like two or three games this season, and that's about it. But you know what? Here we go. The Los Angeles Rams in week one proved that they're ready to roll. We've kind of hit that. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I Hello? Can, yeah, I can hear okay. you right now. Yeah. All right. 
So we had I had Tua on my list, so I already hit that. The Dallas defense talked about that. I think it was more, you know, Giants, but of course, you know, I mean, Micah Parsons was huge. Uh, everybody. I mean, it seemed like everybody on that defensive line got sacks, turnovers, whatever. And the fourth one I had was the Rams, right? I mean, just the whole thing. Stafford looked, you know, a few years younger than you expected you know he seems healthy and again all these things where we talk about these quarterbacks if this guy stays healthy because if he doesn't now all the holes just get so much bigger they got 19 rookies on this team but you know it seemed like they went away from the from the zone running and it was more of a power running attack kieran williams i mean names that you probably wouldn't have said okay these are going to be the stars of the week uh tutu atwell puka nakua was a, a rookie you know, and he had like 10 for 100 whatever and i i mean it just yeah i mean it was a very impressive performance to go up to seattle you know, you're looking at that number, and I was so tempted to take Seattle as one of my picks, and now I'm glad I didn't. And it was just, it, and you looked at the number, and it just didn't make sense. It should be bigger. It should be bigger. And lo and behold, the Rams win straight up. The defense just pushed Seattle around. That was my note. Just watching the game, that was one thing that I wrote down immediately, is that that defense pushed Seattle around, and you typically don't see that and now they've got in seattle's got some injuries now on the on the offensive line you know questions about about gino it seems like every quarterback that got paid didn't play well this weekend so maybe maybe that's part of it too i don't know just a, just a coincidence but yeah i mean the rams i don't know if i'm sold on them being able to make it through the entire season and play this well every week but they certainly that was a story i mean that's yeah you say what you will about the, about the seahawks but the rams performance they infor- they imposed their will on the road against a tougher team as an underdog, that was, again, you mentioned Sean McVay maybe going into TV. He's got a lot left to offer as a coach. And let's not forget that he's pretty damn good at this. And he had his team ready to play. And somehow Pete didn't. So, yeah, kudos to the Rams. That was great. Let's talk about another one of your favorite topics, the the Cowboys. Oh, just are the Cowboys like unleashing one of the better defenses that we've seen this century? I mean, just ever since Dan Quinn came on board, he just he changed that that entire side of the ball. Now, obviously, he found his guys Diggs and Michael Parsons. He's not going to be able to. <laughs> let's not let, let's not minimize the whole Micah Parsons part of that. No, no, so absolutely. That, you need yeah, to have the players. Yeah. I, I understand yeah, I, that. I, I understand. I, I hear you. Yeah. But it's just give the man the head coaching job. That's all I'm saying. Dan Quinn took the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl. A, a lot of people blamed him and Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan for the fact that they blew it against the Patriots when they had that twenty-eight to three lead. But the man deserves a second chance. There's like other coaches that are getting second, third chances. Why isn't Dan Quinn securing a head coaching position? He has pulled out. 
out of a few I places. I honestly think he would have, but like you said, he yeah, I mean he did he did pull his name out. Some guys are just meant to be coordinators. I mean, when he was coaching the defense in Seattle, I mean that was there was no joke, man. I mean that was the Legion of Boom. I mean that he had them rolling, and you know in Atlanta got them to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Can he can he be that? I guess, hands-on defensive coordinator at the level that he is and be the head coach at the same time. That's the big question. And you just, it, Sean McDermott's trying it, you know, this year. Uh, I don't know. The, the, I think maybe Bowles calls the defense on, you know, for Tampa Bay. I mean, I, it's not easy to do, right? I mean, to, to be that involved on one side of the ball, whereas, you know, Reed does it, but he really leans on Spags, you know, to really run the defense. And I don't know that he really is involved in that side of the ball at all. There's some guys that can do it, but they've been doing it for so long. They kind of had to work through some issues. So that's the thing with Quinn is he is. Yeah. Top of the line defensive coordinator. Can he do both at the same time? I don't think you can do both to me. It's very difficult to do, and there's only a few guys that have been able to do this and have been able to to carry both roles for a long time. I always felt Belichick? like, yeah, I guess. I mean, also, I mean, like, he's kind of he's kind of the unnamed defensive coordinator in in New England, right? I mean, they never they don't put titles on their guys. I think for a reason. Well, Reed, like you said, Reed calls the plays. And he's right, been doing that right. for the longest time with the Eagles and the Chiefs. So, I mean, he's been successful at it. But other guys are just, I mean, I guess uh, Holmgren at one point, he called the his plays, right, with the Seahawks yeah. and the Packers. But it's just still, I would say stick to one job, you know, hire some coordinators out there. You can't do both. You can't be a GM and a coach. You can't be a coordinator and a head coach. That's just my principle of it. But he's a terrific defensive coordinator. Could, do you think that then they would lose a little bit on the defense then if he did become the head coach? Well, I guess they did in that Super Bowl against the Patriots at the end. They had the game dominated until like the fourth quarter. But they did get to the Super Bowl. I'm talking about Atlanta. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so many other coaches that haven't even snipped the playoffs. They haven't been to the Super Bowl. He has. And I just, I think somebody's got to make a push for it. You know, Jerry is, has been able to keep him the last couple of years. Maybe Dan Quinn hopes that he's going to replace Mike McCarthy soon. Maybe. You know, there's, there's that feeling out there, you know, with Kellen Moore leaving. You never know. I mean, you've got the replacement right there in-house. So maybe he feels that this is a great defense. I don't want to lose it. If Mike McCarthy gets fired, I'll be the first replacement in. So maybe that's the thinking there. But um, Then there's also the philosophy now anymore that the defensive, I guess the defensive-minded head coach seems to be going the way of the dinosaur. Uh, it seems like you know, obviously the league is geared towards offense, scoring points, and the the coaches that come from that side of the ball seem to get the first shots, and they're the ones that have been more most successful in the playoffs recently. Um, so you know, not I mean, what defense? I mean, it just seems like there's really not a defensive head coach 
out there that you know has their team in contention I, I guess mcdermott we'll see you know but but the jury's out they just they seem like they they peaked at a certain point maybe that's more of a josh allen problem maybe if he had an offensive head coach it would be different who knows but it, it really is an, it, it's kind of a conundrum for these owners just to look at guys from the defensive side of the ball and put them in charge of the whole thing because they see the offensive coaches at the end of the season. They're the ones playing. I don't know. Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, they've been pretty successful. Over the over time, yes. But I'm just saying in the in the recent, I mean, because everybody has recency bias and the and the NFL owners are no different. And the, there's always kind of like these trends. And this what it looks like to me that over the last maybe five years or so. Every year, it seems like the offensive coaches are moving on, and the other guys, they did the quarterback, it doesn't quite develop as quickly. You know, all these different things that come into play, and and you just, I don't know. I mean, I I, I hear you, and those guys have been great, but not so much recently. All right. Ho- hopefully, the Jets and and Sala are listening. Hopefully, you know, some other coaches on the yeah. defensive side that are listening. Hopefully, it's it's a trend. It changes every year. You have, uh, you know, offensive coaches for the last five years, and then, you know, a defensive coach wins, and then all of a sudden the, the trend switches. You know that. Right. In the NFL, who's it always it gonna, goes that way. And that's just it. I mean, when you look at it right now, who's that guy going to be? Who's the one that's going to kind of step up for the defensive coaches, if you would, to make it through and say, okay, we can get to a Super Bowl. I don't, you know, who would you say right now? I mean, would you, do you have anybody in mind? How about Dan Campbell? I know he's a tight end and, you know, he was, he, I think he coached offense and defense, by the way. Specialty. Yeah. He's coached everything. So he's a, he's kind of a Parcells guy. Right? He just, Sean he kind of looks I mean, like, he kind of looks like a defensive coach in his approach. Because of, of his stature and just the fire. Yeah, I hear you. And but again, the fact I mean, that, he did, he, and yeah. the fact the way he he manages the offense, the fact that they it's a play action type of offense, you know, they don't they they scored a lot yeah, of points that, last year. I get that's it, probably but... more to do who with who he has a quarterback. I mean, there's not really a whole lot more they're going to do offensively. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, that's it's I guess he would be kind of like in that, uh, you know, it's like him, Vrabel, uh well, Tomlin did. <laughs> now, Vrabel did play on both sides of the ball. I mean, occasionally he would get in a tight end and so forth. But, you know, but he's a defensive guy at heart. And he, to me, seems like would be most suited for it. I don't think he has the team, the players, if you would, to get him there or the quarterback. I mean, obviously. But it, it's hard. I mean, you go down the list. There's not too many of them left. Most of the guys are, you know, from the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, it's I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking the league or whatever. But that just seems like the way it's gone and will continue that way until maybe somebody breaks through. But I'm 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 having a hard time coming up with one that I could maybe count on. I mean, Pete, but, you know, he's got Geno Smith at quarterback. I mean, yeah, they can make the playoffs, but how far are they going to go? 
Not very, I don't think. No, so. you're right. I mean, if you look at the coaches right now, they're either young coaches or guys that are on at, at the crossroads, guys that are on the hot seat, like Brandon Staley with the Chargers, right? So basically, I mean, either these guys or Staley takes a step forward this season and finally, you know, uh, gets the Chargers where they want to go, and that's a lot further than they went last year, or he's going to be gone. So, yeah, there are a lot of young defensive coaches, but it's going to take a little time, and it's going to take a little luck, and, you know, it's going to take, you know, better roster management uh, on the Bears' side or the Arizona Cardinals' side to to get those coaches where they want to go. The defensive coaches that get high, the, the owners immediately look at this and the quarterback's not developing and whatever. And I think they're going to have a much quicker trigger with the defensive minded head coach than they would the offense. And that's just the way the way things are going uh, and just the, the trend of the league. I mean, most of the guys that got high, I mean, Gannon in Arizona, but I, he's almost like a sacrificial lamb out there. I don't know what the hell's happening with that team. Now, you know, they played decent, you know, Joshua Dobbs again comes in, you know, with a week's notice. Now, you know, He's got some familiarity with the, the GM that came from, from Tennessee and they had him last year. And he, again, short notice comes in. The guy, you know, is very smart dude, you know, uh, infamously a rocket scientist from the universe, from uh, university of Tennessee. But, you know, wh- where's that going? You know, I mean, and, and he's, you know, Gannon's just going to be in the, in the crossfire and it's going to be like, yeah, well, we went defense again and we screwed up, we screwed up with Cliff. Maybe, I don't know, but then they, they go this way, but uh, I'm just looking at maybe some of the, some of the top games from this week. Maybe we throw a, a few, a few thoughts out there. I mean, Cincinnati and Baltimore. Wow. That's, and that's a one o'clock game which is odd. I mean, you'd think that would be in prime time. You got Lamar, Burrow, you know, the whole thing, you know, division rivalry. These teams always beat each other up. I mean, that's, that's going to be a, that's going to be a great game. I think Uh, another one o'clock game chiefs at Jacksonville. I mean, you talk about, you know, chiefs, I don't want to say it's a desperate time, but you know, you lost that first game. You don't want to start. zero and two, and Jacksonville played decent against the Colts, but they look like, you know, to me, Doug Peterson is just a guy that I really like. I mean, if you, Coach Reed ever ever retires, I'm sure he will. I mean, obviously he's up there, but would love to see Peterson come back. I mean, he was with them, you know, in Green Bay, in Philadelphia, you know, and now he's with Jacksonville, but he's got, you know, he's got his own young quarterback that he's going to be with for a long time. Uh, what's another one? Miami's at New England, another one o'clock game. Uh, now all of a sudden, San Francisco at the Rams, eight point favorites. San Francisco in LA. You know, Kyle normally has his number in the regular season, so let's see how that goes. All right, and Monday night double header. Monday night double header. We got a seven fifteen and an eight fifteen, but Cleveland at Pittsburgh. So again, AFC North. Bitter rivals. This is my part of the country. I mean, this, uh, my city that I live in is typically divided between the two. But uh, just the Steelers coming off a horrifying loss. The Browns look so good defensively, at least against Cincinnati. So you know that that looks like another big one. So I was, you know, and again, you coming into it, Jets at 
Dallas, like, wow, okay, Rodgers against against his old coach. This is going to be great or whatever. And poof, good. No Rodgers. So, anyway, I don't know. I mean, have you looked at the, the, the slate for the week? Is there one that you're looking at that you're really interested in? I want the the Steelers to go down zero and two. Hello, I really do on Monday <laughs> night. I mean, that's well. Did, did, for some did, reason, you did. just have this weird weird affinity for the Cleveland Browns, and you got, you're going to have to explain where does that come from. I have no like idea. It's been like this for a few years too. I have no idea. I just I feel bad for all the Cleveland Browns fans. Just um, the the long suffering fans for the last forty years. They or even longer they haven't had anything they've been long-suffering people i just i i want to give them some joy you know give them some hope i'm i'm hoping that you know they they got over the hump a couple of years ago with baker mayfield and kevin stefanski taking them to the playoffs i just i was hoping that they become a regular in the playoffs after that now they have they seem to have a quarterback who's still getting back into the groove of things but they've got a great defense they've got a very good defensive coordinator they've got the running game i just this is it that's my lock of the week lou my lock of the week the browns on the road against the steelers i think i saw we're going we're going to the pick segment yeah i saw i saw minus that's a i saw minus that's a great i saw minus i saw minus one and a half the the browns are favored over uh, the Steelers on the road, so I'm going against the trend. I'm, on the I'm road, looking at our old, our old friends at Bovada Sports, and they've got Cleveland minus two and a half. Okay, I'll take two and a half here on the road. <laughs> minus two and a half. Deshaun Watson over Kenny Pickett. I just think the Browns' defensive line is going to dominate you know, the the Steelers' front once again, and Kenny Pickett won't have much time to throw and. I just I don't have much hope for that running game. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Certainly going to be a very tough game, but I do think the Browns will cover minus two and a half there. Okay, I got to give credit where credit is due. You mentioned Baker Mayfield, and obviously we have our opinions about Baker, and you can't ever question his motivation, his intensity. He may not always direct it in the in the proper way uh, regularly but he took a team into many went on the road and they won so baker all kudos to you and he won you know on good morning football won the uh, angry runs section uh scepter for the for this week you know with the nice little stiff arm on the sideline and they kind of got in byron murphy's face and told him that he needed to get his weight up so that that was cool All right. So last week's picks were awful. Uh, I managed to find two big blowouts of the week. So you figured, okay, pretty cool. Well, now I was on the other side with the Steelers and the Giants. So, wow. Uh, My only winner was the Browns. I'm here. I'm I'm asking you about, you know, loving the Browns. And uh, here, here we go. That was that was my one winner. So one in three. So this week, you know, still feel, feeling our way. I, you never know what to expect early in the season. Obviously, there was some turnaround, a lot of road teams, which I don't usually rock with. So obviously, it didn't do so well. So here we go. I'm sticking with my dogs. I'm sticking with my home teams for the most part. So let's do it. Atlanta at home is getting one 
from Green Bay. Again, week one can be a liar. It was a great game by Jordan Love. I really like him this year. Uh, I have him as a backup quarterback, both my fantasy teams. I, I, I think he's going to do well. Not be a superstar, but he's going to do well. He's not going. I don't think he's going to be the reason they lose a lot of games. Uh, he may not be the reason they win many, but he's not going to. He's not going to lose them games. So I'm going to. I'm going to still go with Atlanta because again, being at home, kind of that reverse. They didn't play so well. They did beat uh, Carolina, and they didn't. Ritter didn't have a huge game. They really didn't throw it much, but. Again, home dog, I'm taking them, Atlanta. This may be the ugliest game of the week, and you know I love these. You might have to hold your nose when you make this bet, but I'm taking Houston at home, plus one and a half over the Colts. Uh, Richardson's a little banged up. He took a hit early on. We don't know his status. Uh, Houston, I don't know. It was they. I, I mean, the, the Ravens are good. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. That may have been the easiest bet of the week, but you know the Ravens didn't exactly put put them away early either. So I'm going to go with Houston. Let's take them at home. And you talked about Cleveland being your lock of the week. I'm coming right back with the Steelers plus two and a half at home. You talk about owning a team. Tomlin owns them. Yes, the Browns came in there in a playoff game, but that was an old Ben. Baker was kind of feeling himself and some things went wrong early in that game. Forget that Steelers plus two and a half go to the window. And then finally, my anti Broncos sentiment comes alive. How this team can be favored against any team in the league. I don't know, but I am jumping on the Sam Howell bandwagon with Kyle Brandt. Uh, I love Sam. They're getting three and a half in Denver. I don't know if they win the game, but it's going to be close, just like it was against the, the Raiders, and they'll find a way to lose it somehow again. And Sean Payton will be tearing most of his hair out this season. So let's go with the Commanders plus three and a half. I think I'll pick the Browns all 17 weeks of the season just because I got <laughs> off to a good start in week one. I'll continue it hey. in week two. If they win against the Steelers, I'm picking them in week three. Doesn't matter who they play. I haven't looked, but so, I'll just continue my my. Who was your Who was your lock of the week last week? It was the Browns, Lou. It was, it was the, the Browns. Browns. Okay, and I, I had them too. So that we okay. That was All the right. only game that I listened to out of your picks. You know, the one game yeah. that I said, "Hey, the, the Brownies are going to take it." How can you take? We Houston? were on it. How can you take Houston over the Colts? I mean, that's just. It's just. I, I think it's a game that most betters will stay away from, just we'll in stay general. Away from. But again, it, it doesn't it, matter who this, wins. The Colts. This are is teams. why I'm here. I'm here for the people to find these weird, obscure games that you know over the course of the season, the percentages will be with you. Just you know, sometimes you have to just take the L in certain cases. But here, I just have a. I don't think. I mean, I'm Indianapolis isn't that good of a team. I mean, that, that game against Jacksonville should, should never have been that close. I mean, they scored one touchdown, just a fluke play that, you know, everybody kind of stopped for some reason. And, you know, Buckner scoops it up and just runs it into the end zone. So I don't know. I just don't see, again, rookie quarterback favored on the road is just not a good percentage. I get it. Houston has a rookie quarterback as well, as well but it, it is at home. 
they'll be a little bit more relaxed, not as not as much pressure going against a Lamar Jackson, maybe a boyhood, you know, idol of, of uh, C.J. Stroud. So he's going against a peer. So I think the, the playing field a little bit more level. I'll go with the home team with the points. So. Rookie, rookie quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks struggled during week one no questions asked but anthony richardson was the best rookie quarterback out of the three that i saw cj stroud yeah. was horrible bryce young did get had banged those in, but he did get banged up richardson did get banged he up did, so but he, he had the most complete game if you could say it i mean he wasn't great yeah. but he was much better no. than bryce young and cj none stroud. of them none of them were so I would take no, none of them. None of them played that well. I would take the best quarterback shining so far. That's why I would stay away from the Houston and the Colts game altogether. Right? Well, well, yeah, we'll I mean, it's common sense would tell you why do you bet that game? Well, that's why I'm here, Alex, to find those games that are just so ugly that there's going to be a winner, and I believe it's going to be the home team. So let's go, gang. We're starting out slow. You know, it's the same thing last year. I normally, you know, feel my way through the first few weeks just to kind of get a sense as to who's who and what's what. Typically, I don't like to go with big favorites. Uh, so here we are. You got to you got to deal with some of these stinkers. And here, Houston plus one and a half. I can't say it enough. They're getting points at home from an opposing rookie quarterback that by all admission hasn't had that many starts and i don't think is going to be ready for that road game all right gang that's going to do it for us this week week one was full of stories i mean from thursday night with the lions to monday night the the emotion and then to aaron Rodgers era in new york could very well have only lasted four plays you know again 40 years old I don't think he's going to go out that way. He will be back next year, at least give it a go. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. So for my pal Alex, I'm Lou, as always. Peace.